Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go on a Thursday, live, ready to go. It's The Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now. You play fantasy football, you bet on football, want to get smarter at football. NFL Meat Sandwich, Greg Cosell, breaks down the games. He told us weeks and weeks ago, open receivers in Denver. Russell Wilson's not seeing them. Pending trouble. Greg Cosell tipped us off a couple of weeks ago. A lot of stories out there, J-Mac. I'm, I'm reading this morning. Uh, Jordan Schultz says, a uh, friend of our show, Russell threatened with the Broncos, benching him weeks ago. Some of this stuff's pretty uh, ugly. Russell expected to be cut by the Broncos in March now. Uh, tough for our guy, Sean Payton. Uh, doesn't come out looking awesome, but you know what? Uh, it's business. It's not personal, right? That's right. Well, Sean Payton didn't create this mess. He didn't give away two firsts and two seconds. He didn't give away three good players. He didn't write this contract. What's he supposed to do? Let it ride? Yeah. No, thanks. You inherit a mess. What do you do? You take over a business. You take over a show. You take over anything and it's a mess. You going to let it ride fester? No. The contract stuff's ugly. There's so many things happening with contracts behind the scenes none of us really know about. That just got leaked by Russell's side. The truth is, the Denver O-line's probably the best Russell has ever had. It's ranked seventh by PFF. And he still takes too many sacks. And that was a huge issue in Seattle and Pete Carroll. 
They're only 16th in scoring with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, two backs I like, a top seven offensive line, and Sean Payton as a coach. Their offense scoring's behind Gardner Minshew, the Saints, the reeling Jags. Sean Payton gave him a chance. It's not week three, it's week 17. It's not working. They're 26th in the league in deep passes with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They don't throw the ball deep. They have no pop. Watch their games. Sean Payton did and just said, it's not good enough. And oh, by the way, patience is wildly overrated with quarterbacks. You can see great average and bad really quickly. Sometimes you get fooled after a year with a young quarterback, but you can mostly see it. And by the way, the Steelers have been patient. How's that working out for them? This is what offensive coaches do. Andy Reid moved off pro bowler, playoff quarterback Alex Smith. Shanahan moved off Garoppolo, got him to a Super Bowl. McVay moved off Goff, got him to a Super Bowl. And Sean Payton's moving off of Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl and been to two. This is what offensive coaches do. Do you know what defensive coaches do? Because offensive coaches, a good chef, can size up a kitchen very quickly. You've known a few, I've known a few. The good ones doesn't take very long. A top screenwriter can be two pages into a script. They know if it works or doesn't. Offensive coaches can see ceilings and limitations quickly. Sean Payton was patient here. It's week 17. Defensive coaches, you know, like the guy in Pittsburgh, who wins games, but it's, hey, I, I can win this way. Okay, he's not a great quarterback, but we'll just run the ball and limit turnovers. Hey, we don't need a star quarterback. You know, just, just play good, solid, sound defense. It's called 1987. It doesn't work anymore. You got to score points. And offensive head coaches, this is very on brand. Reed, McVay, Shanahan. Defensive coaches don't have a feel for it. The minute Josh McDaniels left, Mac Jones and Belichick was a tire fire. Brian Flores is a very good coach. He didn't think Tua could play. Mike McDaniel said, no, yeah, he can, and made him a pro bowler. Time and time again, people bail on Gardner Minshew. Shane Steichen's like, I think I can get close to the playoffs with him. The Jets' defensive culture didn't see any talent with Joe Flacco. Kevin Stefanski did. I've been watching this for years, talking about it longer. Offensive coaches move off Super Bowl quarterbacks. They see it, they feel it. They're a chef and they size up the kitchen. Defensive coaches, give me Geno Smith. I can hoist a trophy with that. No, he can't. No, he can't. Kenny Pickett's the answer. No, he's not. No, he's not. The reality is... You're watching, I'm watching. It's week 17, it's not working. No deep ball, getting sacked too much. The O-line's good. It really is. Seventh in the league, I think it's better than that. Maybe not Detroit, maybe not Philadelphia, Dallas, but it's good. And you still get sacked. I'm not for against anybody, but I've seen it time and time again. This is very on-brand for the Reeds and the Paytons. And the McVeighs and the Shanahans, guys that get to Super Bowl that no offense. They see it, they feel it. Defensive coaches, 
are always too patient or just have no sense at all. They're tone deaf for offense. Sean Payton isn't tone deaf. Greg Cosell's telling us time and time again, the film says, guys open, Russ can't see him. You think Greg Cosell's taking sides here? For years and years, Cosell has always struggled with Russell. Doesn't think he sees the field particularly well. Two is smaller, acknowledges sometimes you can't. Sean Payton on the move to bench Russ. We're desperately trying to win. And um, sure, in our, in our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and, and it's a decision I'm making, is to, you know, get a spark offensively. I can't replace the entire offensive line. I can't bring in five new receivers. And, and, it, and if it continues over a period of time, then there'll be another guy here talking to you as well. Reed moved off Alex Smith. You didn't know who Mahomes was. McVay moved off Goff. Who's good? Shanahan moved off Garoppolo. Super Bowl. I'm going to trust Sean Payton here. It's what these offensive coaches do. It's what they do time and time again. The defensive coaches, they want to win with running the ball, limiting turnovers, and punch you in the mouth. Awesome. The guy's hoisting the, hoisting the trophies. Go look at the last 12 or 14 teams in the playoffs right now. Offensive coaches. They got a feel for it, and I'm going to trust them. All right, yesterday, this was hurtful. Tyreek Hill of the Dolphins called me on Twitter. Well, formerly Twitter. It's now called X. I don't go to it much anymore. He called me a thug. That's a first. I've been called a lot of names. Never been called that. I don't really respond to people who respond to my opinions. I tend to think they attack the messenger because my message hit a little too close to home. Miami, 23 years no playoff wins. Last nine against the Bills, one and eight. And of the 14 current playoff teams, they have the lowest strength of victory. Fact, fact, fact. Check, check, check. It took until week 16 for them to get a win versus a team over 500. Not sorry for not coronating you. The truth is I like Miami. I really do. I like their offensive-minded uh, coach. I like their defensive coordinator, Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb. Uh, Wilkins on the interior. Tyreek Hill's amazing. Jalen Waddle. I like Tua a lot. I think he's a really good guy. He's Dak, but a better, pure, softer thrower. A little smaller, better thrower. I like Miami a lot, but the media tends to love the hip young coaches. I get it. I'm okay with it. Yes, I was wrong. I predicted Dallas would win convincingly. Okay. But you know what really happened this weekend when Miami played Dallas? They beat themselves. That's what they did. Lots of flash. A quarterback we like, Dak and Tua, don't love. Offensive coach, a top five receiver, Tyreek and C.D. Lamb. They score a lot of points. And for decades, they have disappointed if they ever get to the postseason. Miami and Dallas are both front runners. They're great at home, so-so on the road. Both are Pit bulls on a beach ball. They clobber inferior teams. And both are flashy offensively with a pretty good pass rush at times. And, by the way, two great defensive coordinators. Miami beat themselves. And if I don't love the last 23 years of Miami, and none of us love the last 23 years of Dallas, 
I'm not going to go overboard on the win. I've seen this act before. They've got a star on the helmet. You have a, you have a dolphin. That's what you did this weekend. You beat yourself. And, and by the way, yourself is pretty good. I like Miami. I thought I loved Dallas, and now I just like them too. Two teams I like played. I will say this about Tyreek Hill. I do love his game. All right, we got a lot to talk about. I don't want to go too heavy on the USC love, but that was pretty, pretty impressive, was it not? Yeah, did I give that out during the commercial break to you yesterday, or was it on a live on air? Because I said USC getting the points. I don't believe I heard that. Okay, we did discuss it. It was seven. <laughs> Remember, I told you it was coming down. Well, I got a bull pick for you later on in the show. It's called the tease in this business. Okay, I like. Why well, was fun to watch? Really, you well, you were locked in on that. I watched huh? every snap. You it, know what I watched last night? What Reacher? Have you seen the new season of that? Nope. Who's the star of that? I don't know the guy's name, but he's. I mean, it's awesome. It's like you know. Battling and fighting. It's and sort smarts. of a Keanu Reeves, Matt Damon, John John Wick thing kind of <laughs> kind Jason of sorta. Bourne That's thing. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. You'll love it. All right. Amazon uh, Amazon Prime, I think. I'll try to work that in between the bowl games I watch. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's me. When you download the app, takes about a minute. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Cowboys at home, minus six against Detroit. I like Detroit, but they're hot and cold. Never as good on the road. Cowboys have to get good and get right. I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Steelers, plus three and a half at Seattle. Let's be honest about the Seahawks. They've been outplayed and won the last two weeks. I'll take the hook at three and a half Pittsburgh. Broncos, minus five, hosting the Chargers. Listen, it's the season. Russell Wilson may get moved out of town if he plays poorly again. I get a coaching and a quarterback edge at home, Broncos minus five. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, the code is herd when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash v
Volleyball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love, Mint, Straight, Wintergreen, Peach, even Blood Orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible Great Rates, none of the bulls. So USC, 42-28, impressive win. Miller Moss, a sophomore, hot knife through butter against Louisville. So I have two takes on this game, actually maybe three or four. Number one is USC, in the eyes of most, underachieved. They were missing 20 players in this game who opted out for various reasons and had freshmen playing all over the perimeter on offense. And they ran up the score on a Louisville team that gave Florida State fits, the same Florida State outfit and those loser Florida politicians that whined about not being included in the playoff against Michigan, Bama, Texas, and Washington. Thank God they're not in it because this Louisville defense handcuffed Florida State and USC missing 20 players with Miller Moss, freshman, true freshman receivers everywhere. Three and a half hours went up and down the field. Louisville looked totally outmatched in the secondary. JV against varsity, not even close. So thank God Florida State's not in the playoff. That looked like a scrimmage for USC offensively. My second takeaway, and this is a big one, is the transfer portal's dicey. I like the fact that Miller Moss, already a Trojan, already in the program, appears to have won the job. Stability. They're already making major coaching and defensive shifts with personnel. I like that they have their quarterback in-house. Good kid, met him, L.A. kid, confident, accurate, poised, sees the field. Ran just enough to work for me. And number three, let's be honest. You want to know Harbaugh's best team at Michigan? It was in year nine. And Brian Kelly's best Notre Dame team was in year nine. And even at football juggernaut Clemson, his best team, Dabo Sweeney's, was in year eight or nine. Lincoln Riley, through two years, has averaged nine and a half wins 
and USC over the last two years is the number one scoring team in the country. They got the offense figured out. That's better than most of college football and most of the Big Ten they're entering. You watched Michigan State's offense, Nebraska's, Iowa's, Wisconsin's. You watch that stuff. USC's the number one scoring team in the country, and they just signed a recruiting class that was the biggest in years. It was light on corners and receivers and heavy on linemen and size. Thank God. First time I've seen that since Pete Carroll left. Enough corners and receivers. Get guys that are big and strong and powerful. Big guys beat small guys. Ask Bill Parcells. Take a deep breath. If you've got to be late on a side of the ball, it's defense. Okay? Even the great Georgia teams and all the defense, Stetson Bennett completes a lot of throws to a lot of NFL wide receivers. Bama, oh, Nick Saban's defense. No, it was uh, the quarterback throwing a last-second play to beat Auburn that got them a chance to beat Georgia. you got to have players. you got to have guys that can run, catch, make people miss. I don't think so far Lincoln Riley's happy with where they're at. Yes, they lost to Tulane in that 11-win season, but if you watch USC and know what he inherited, it was an absolute 4-8 tire fire. Yeah, the end of this year was disappointing. Caleb Williams got into himself a little too much for my taste, but they're going to be fine. They've got their quarterback. They're bringing in size. They're moving to a conference where half of it can't score. They're going to be fine. As for Florida State, thank God they're not in the playoff. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week... While we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash vball for eligibility 
eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Hey, the race for the NFL postseason is on Fox as Matthew Stafford and the Rams continue their push for the playoffs against the Giants. Or the Seahawks try to keep their hopes alive as they host the Steelers. Check for the game in your area only on Fox. So, uh... Russell Wilson probably not traded. He's going to be cut in March. That's the feeling by the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson has told people that. So I was thinking about the, the, the big swing that Denver took. Draft picks, players, massive contract up front. So let's go back to the last six or seven big, big swings by teams on star quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, a whiff. Aaron Rodgers, to this point, total chaos. Deshaun Watson, at best, weird and messy. Derek Carr, disappointing. The two hits are Stafford and Tom Brady. So let's go look at Brady. Struggled in year one. A lot of turbulence, but a great finish. Then just good year two, bad year three. And that's one of the hits. Stafford, great year one. Hurt year two. Very good again here in year three. There's an argument that Stafford, of all of them, has been the best. You got the trophy. He's still good. The team's overachieving. And he's got his health. So why did it work with the Rams and virtually nobody else? Even Brady was bumpy. Four things the Rams did. One, Stafford was still close to his prime, 33. Aaron Rodgers is old. It's never going to work. Secondly, he has a brilliant offensive coach. Aaron's got a defensive coach and a defensive culture. Third, one of the richest, if not richest owners in the NFL who can buy their way out of drafting or free agent mistakes. And number four, 
The Rams didn't pay Stafford until he won the bag, until he won the trophy. Unlike desperate Cleveland or desperate Denver who paid the quarterback too much up front. So this whole go buy a great quarterback works very, very infrequently. It has worked in Los Angeles because quarterback still close to his prime. The offensive coach is a wizard. The ownership's got a rich owner who can buy out of some mistakes, and they didn't pay him until he won. It mostly does not work. Aaron Rodgers is old, impulsive owners, awful offensive line, defensive culture, only one weapon, and in a tougher division than most. Not going to work. On average, the big swing, you're better drafting and developing your own guy. You are. You're better drafting and developing your own guy. Stafford is the one absolutely worked. Now, year two, he got banged up. Year two, he got banged up. Andrew Whitworth, you know, the left tackle leaves. They've been struggling ever since at that position. Kind of stabilized it this year. But it mostly doesn't necessarily work. So I was thinking about this this morning, little NBA. So I thought the Phoenix Suns uh, would, would be very good this year. But I didn't think they'd be great in your, you know, right out of the shoot. So they won last night. They are 15 and 15 on the year, and everybody's freaking out. And there are reports by Woj, a very trustable person and reporter, that Durant's not necessarily happy. Durant has pushed back on that. But let's look at what's happening in Phoenix. They're not bad. They're 15 and 15. We're only about halfway to the trade deadline. Kevin's been great, played almost every game, averaging over 30. Booker's been great. He plays a lot, averaging 27. There's a lot going well. The issue, of course, is Bradley Beal's never healthy. If Bradley Beal was healthy and giving you 29 minutes a game and 22 points, this would be a this would be a 15. This would be a 20 and 10 team, not a 15 and 15 team, and everything would be okay. But we have to be realistic about this. All four Clipper stars, four, not three like Phoenix, four, all were healthy, and they were awful to start. Even LeBron, D-Wade, Bosch in Miami with the best coach in the league, Eric Spolstra, were in their prime. It was really bumpy year one. These teams that are built quickly with stars, Brooklyn last couple of years before this one, the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, this all is bumpy. It's always bumpy. Think about Boston. This is year seven for Tatum and Jalen Brown, two A players in their prime. And it finally looks like in year seven, this is it. And even then, we don't love the coach. And we don't like the bench. The stuff is hard. Jokic, the best player on the planet, won his title in year nine. Milwaukee's Giannis, the best player on the planet pre-Jokic, won his title in year eight. Warriors, with all those great players, Steph won it in year six. We tend to think, when it comes to winning titles, it's really always a slow, roasted Christmas ham. And everybody wants to use the microwave. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. If Bradley Beal was healthy, this team would be, this would be a good team. Even when all the Clippers' four stars were healthy. And they have a bench. The Suns don't. There's a mess early. So, KD's playing the games and great. Booker's playing the games and great. They won again last night. They're 500. 
There's a long way to go. Bradley Beal is 30, and it is concerning the last three, maybe four years. I, I Googled it this morning. I think it was the last four. He's been injured more than a 27, 28, 29, 30-year-old should be. But I think, there's, I think this is one of these things where the expectations were the microwave, and these star-driven teams are always slow-roasted. It just takes some time. you got to let it bake. These are stars. They have their entitlements, things they want, styles they play. They need the ball in certain spots, and it takes a while to get this stuff figured out. This is not the Brooklyn KD team where the where the players were like odd and weird. And Booker is money. I think Bradley Beal's a grown-up. Kevin Durant's a bit of a wander. He's playing these games every night and averaging over 30. He's been fine. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. I still think Phoenix has a chance to end up in the Western Conference Final. The Lakers are a move or two away. Golden State's not working. I still don't trust Sacramento. Not enough scores. I think they're going to be okay. J-Mac, I know I'm on a bit of an island here, and I do trust Woj's reporting, but I think if you look at Kevin Durant's career, he's often been a bit impatient. He's been willing to be vocal. He's been sort of public. He's not covert. He doesn't hide his emotions. He's right out in front with how he feels, and so it gives us content. I just think it's a Bradley Beal issue. Yeah. It's interesting. I like your little rant about, you know, people think you can just microwave a championship. Every year, right, like January, February, March, as college kids are getting ready, I get a billion questions. JJ, how do I get where you are? How, how do I get, like, your job? How do I get on track for that? I'm like, you know, this took me, like, 20 years in the end. I was working at newspapers. I created a website. Then I was magazines. By the way, like, do you know the story of Matt Damon? People think Ben Affleck and Matt Damon with Goodwill Hunting. They just wrote it over the weekend. <laughs> Go look at Matt Damon's yeah. history. I, I could be wrong on this, but I think it was 16 years of banging around L.A. for two Boston guys. They they tried to sell that script all over town in L.A., yeah. and nobody would buy it. And everybody's like, well, Matt Damon looks like he's 20. No, Matt Damon looks young. Yeah, yeah, Matt yeah. Damon and, and Affleck, and by the way, those are brilliant people. Affleck's one of the smartest guys in Hollywood. He's a brilliant guy. They were banging around for years trying to get this right. I Bradley think they got Cooper, this. also another great. I mean, his story is amazing. He was like a non-factor for like twenty-five years, and then he gets a pop, and boom, it's over. So I, my my, this was but a in preamble. Sports, we want yeah. everything to work right. instantly. So he, th this is a crazy stat for the Suns. Are you ready for this? The big three in Phoenix through twenty-seven games, Beal, Booker, and Durant have played a total of twenty-four minutes together. <laughs> That's one half of basketball in 27 games. It's yeah. insane. And Katie and Booker are having great years. Oh, very good. They're having great years. We don't think we don't think that Phoenix has a bench. Who cares? Yeah. Boston doesn't have one. Denver doesn't have Denver didn't have one last year. Yeah. The best bench in the league last year was the Pacers. Y you need like a good 25 games together leading up to the playoffs, and then you get how many? You know, if you go to the finals, it's like 20-plus games, right, yeah. with all those series? Yeah. So I think they're going to be okay, uh, as long as they don't dig too deep of a hole. Right now, you know, they're the 10 seed, but here's the thing. The West is so jumbled, they're only like four games back of the number four seed. That's like, right. it's too early and to they've panic. Lost, and they've lost because chemistry with all these teams is always clunky. It was with D-Wade and Bosh and Spol. I mean, think how good Spolstra, D-Wade, LeBron, Bosh, how smart those guys are. Yeah. Took them like 18, 19 games, yeah. and you're like, and they were playing together every night yeah. 
in their prime, great coach minutes. But this is just thrown together with guys, two guys past their prime. So Lakers fans are now hearing this and saying, well, wait a sec, Jay, you you guys are saying be patient with the Suns. What about us? Well, be patient with us. You've had LeBron and AD for like every game. And you're one over 500. Reeves has played all the games. Like the Lakers could panic. I don't think Phoenix needs to yet. Yeah. All right, Greg Cosell around the corner. 15 minutes. Fantasy football, betting football, want to get smarter in football. I love it. It's a Thursday. Greg Cosell, NFL Films next. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Here's what you really have to think about. Coaches do not, on average, move off quarterbacks that are winning. But Russell Wilson was winning in NC State, and Tom O'Brien moved off him. Not for a legend, for Mike Glennon. And Russell Wilson was winning in Seattle, and Pete Carroll moved off him. Not for a legend, Geno Smith. And Russell Wilson's top 10 passer rating, and Sean Payton's moving off him. Not for a legend, Jarrett Stidham. So I do think at some point you have to look yourself in the mirror. It's reflection time. Three different coaches have moved off Russ, and not for Brady and Matt Stafford, for guys. And Mark Schlereth yesterday, former Bronco, on why Russ wasn't working in Denver. When you look at Russell Wilson, there are very few things right now that he's doing exceptionally well. And the other problem that you get into is oftentimes – Russell pursue, uh, perceives pressure, and and he's constantly escaping out of the back of the the uh, the pocket. I have never one time walked into a huddle where the quarterback said, "Broken play on, broke broken play on two, broken play on two, let's go." You know, break. It's not how it works. That's not a sustainable form of offense, and and I think that's where a lot of the frustration. Um, has come to a head for Sean Payton. 44 years at NFL Films. Every Thursday, our meat sandwich, Greg Cosell. Uh, You pointed this out several weeks ago. You were in front of this, Greg. (laughs) You talked about this. So let's go back to this. What was the biggest issue you saw on film with what Payton was trying to do and what Russell was enabled to deliver? If you want to reduce it, Colin, to the simplest of terms, It's not delivering the ball with consistency to open receivers within the structure and context of the offense. And if you can't do that as a quarterback, even though the numbers look pretty good, that that is very, very frustrating for a coach. And particularly for a coach like Sean Payton, who is an offensive coach and had a player like Drew Brees in which the the system worked to its highest level on a relatively consistent basis. And you expect when you work 16, 17 hours a day putting your offense together and your game plan and your pass game, you expect it to be executed. And Russell Wilson is not necessarily that kind of player. The larger question is, and I just heard what Mark Schlereth said, and I agree with that a thousand percent. The larger question is whether Russell can be a sustaining quarterback in any kind of offense. You know, just putting numbers are numbers. Um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can do that. That doesn't automatically mean in today's NFL where teams throw the ball a lot that, that that you're a good quarterback snap after snap after snap. So that's the larger question as far as his future. But you and I both know he won't be the quarterback in Denver next year. 
So let's talk Niners-Ravens. Let's look at the tape of Brock Purdy. The narrative is he's no good. Uh, Listen, this happens to everybody, and Baltimore can make people look bad (laughs) for a lot of years. You know, Kyle Hamilton and the pass rush. So what did the tape say on Brock Purdy? I would say the tape showed on Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense that they moved the ball up and down the field with zero problem in the first half of the game. Um, The first interception that Purdy threw was very bad. That was a bad one. Kyle Shanahan admitted that. I mean, he, he, he just did made a really bad read. The others were kind of unfortunate kinds of plays. Um, You know, we wouldn't be talking about any tip ball if they by chance hit the ground rather than landed in someone's arms. Um, but they had 230 yards of offense in the first half. The Ravens couldn't stop them. They were moving up and down the field. Purdy looked like Purdy. Um, they ran the ball extremely well. Um, and it, it may be a normal game, Colin. They might have had 500 yards of offense and we'd yeah. be having a different conversation. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with the Niners offense or with Brock Purdy. When the game got out of hand um, and, and it was a whole different game in the third quarter, then Purdy was uncomfortable and showed some clear discomfort. But the Niners also made some changes on their offensive line. They took out Trent Williams. They were playing different guys in different positions. But for the first half, for the most part, the Niners offense looked like the Niners offense. So I said this yesterday about Lamar. I I, I think production and numbers matter, but it's his influence. Watching the Niners right, pass... I, yeah. That's what it's about with me. When I watch Lamar, I'm like, his influence. He puts fear in you. People don't rush. They sit back. They wait. He influences the game. Is that what the tape shows? I would say that's fair for sure. Um, And, you know, the interesting thing, you hear this a lot with quarterbacks, Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, that what do defenses want to do? They want to keep them in the pocket. And the reason for that is not that they can't throw, Colin. The reason for that is... You want to be able to stay within the structure and discipline of your defense. The structure and discipline of your defense works for 2.5 seconds, okay? After that, then the structure goes away. And what makes a Lamar special, and we saw this, this play is the perfect example of it. This was the the first their first play of the third quarter. And then you had the Aguilar touchdown. Um, you know, I think that what makes it so difficult is that he he's so good at beating you after the structure of your defense falls apart. That's what he does so exceptionally well. Here's the touchdown to Aguilar. So, you know, I think that's why teams want to try to keep quarterbacks in the pocket, Lamar being the prime example. Um, so, you know, they've had a lot of big wins this year where the numbers don't matter. They beat Seattle big. They beat Detroit big. You know, he's not necessarily a numbers quarterback. So I agree with you that it's it's more what he does to a defense as opposed to throwing for 350 yards. So the Cowboys only allowed Miami one touchdown, right? So by and large, they did their job. What was your takeaway on the Dallas defense? They lose. The sky is falling. They're not as good on the road. That's clear. But what did their defense do against Miami? Anything you see you like? Well... It's interesting you ask that because you, we just spoke about Lamar and we talked about the influence and impact he has on a defense. Think about the influence that the Dolphins have on a defense because the Cowboys, Colin, had been the highest percentage man coverage defense in the NFL going into that game. 
they hardly played any man coverage. And when they did play man, it was mostly two man with two deep safeties. And that is because of the Hill and Waddle factor, because you can't really play a lot of single high man coverage against them because they can run by Gilmore and Bland. I mean, Gilmore has been a great corner in this league, but he can't run like he used to. And Bland's not fast to begin with. So they had to change what they did defensively. And you could argue that it was effective because they only gave up one touchdown. Although Hill on the first series dropped what probably would have been a 92-yard touchdown. But having said that, those things happen in games. But the larger point is they changed the way they'd been playing all year because they had to be specific to the Dolphins' offense. Yeah. They play um, – they host Detroit. Um, what will they see from the Lions' defense? I, I have a feeling – and now I was wrong last week – Detroit, a little like Dallas, can be a little Jekyll and Hyde. They're very good when they're comfortable. Um, But they do run the ball, and Dallas can be ran on. Uh, What do you suspect Dallas will do against the Detroit defense? Well, the Detroit defense is is very aggressive. Um, You're seeing in the last number of weeks their D coordinator, Aaron Glenn, kind of increasing his blitz frequency. He's got some really interesting blitz concepts that can be difficult to pick up. Puts a major burden on your running back to be involved in pass protection. They challenge the running back to read through what his responsibility is in protection. Um, Their issue is at corner, Colin. And sometimes it's hard to cover up average or below average corner play and actually opposite Cam Sutton, who's their one starting corner who plays every snap, they've been rotating two corners. And that's really not a recipe for success in the NFL to rotate at your outside corner position. So we'll see how that goes and how the Cowboys feel they can best attack this defense. But they do present a good amount of pressure concepts. They stun a lot. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, too, on Tyron Smith because that's a problem for the Cowboys if he can't play. You know, it's interesting. Um, Most people would subscribe to the theory, let's talk Packers, that Aaron's better than Jordan Love. But I have watched Jordan Love in the last several weeks. And my argument is with this receiver group and tight end group that's kids, I actually like Green Bay's offense last three weeks much more than I like Green Bay's offense last year. Now, their defense is a mess. But offensively, right. with, with the defense, it's as bad as anything now. I mean, Bryce Young was Dan Marino. He's up and down the field. But I'm saying, Jordan Love, last three weeks, this is better than Green Bay's. I don't know what the numbers are, but what does the tape say? I like what I've seen generationally. Young quarterback, young tight end, young receivers. I like what I see. Uh, Mr. Coward, as you recall, maybe week two or week three, I told you that Jordan Love was going to be a good player because you saw the traits and you saw him do a number of really good things. I, You expect the inconsistency early, and he's the kind of quarterback that may have a bad game or may make a bad throw because he's a very aggressive thrower. Yeah. But he – He attacks between the numbers. He makes tough, tight window throws. Um, He's got a few things to work out with his mechanics, but he makes really good throws. He moves well. He can make throws on the run. He's very controlled when he moves. There's no sense of freneticism to him. And, you know, as I think we've said over the last number of weeks, maybe the last month or so, he's probably just a notch below traits wise those really high level guys i mean he's he's a big talented kid and look he's playing with what four rookie receivers yeah. and two second year receivers and you know and by the way he's also playing with two offensive tackles 
uh, one was a late round pick and one was a fourth round pick and they were not their starters going into the season. So, you know, that keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I, I was selling my Jordan Love stock week three. You you kept warning me, slow I down. I kept telling you. Slow down. So, yeah, Tyler. I kept telling you. <laughs> okay. The weirdest team in the league, but I, I, I have a certain affection for them, is Cleveland because Flacco's so like ah. it. It's so funny. When they had Baker and Deshaun, there's all this pressure. And now they bring in Flacco, and he laughs through the press conference. He's having a good time. And it's like he's reduced the pressure on the franchise, and they're all just going out and having fun. What's the film say? Well, the film tells you that Flacco expands their pass game dramatically. Because keep in mind that we always think about vertical throws with quarterbacks as a sign of arm strength, but horizontal throws can be as well. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of teams, as you know, line up in what we call three-by-one sets, okay? Three receivers to one side. Well, most teams never throw the ball to the widest receiver on the on the three side, the, the trip side, because that's the wide side of the field. And there's not many quarterbacks that can make those throws in the league. Flacco can. So therefore, they throw the ball to that plus split receiver to the trip side. Those are long throws. So Flacco, not only can he throw it vertically, as we're seeing here, but he can throw it horizontally. He, he makes the defense have to defend more territory. And the one thing about Flacco, he's been around. He knows when it's one-on-one, -on -one, Colin, in this league, you throw the ball. That's the way it works in the NFL. It's a matchup game. And when it's one-on-one, -on -one, he is not shy about turning it loose. Yeah, fun to watch. Okay, the the, the one team, okay, I got the Jordan Love thing <laughs> wrong, but I did say in the offseason, <laughs> if you give me McVay, Havenstein, Cooper Cup, yep. um, Kyron Williams was good. I didn't know he was this good. Uh, Higby, the tight end, Sean McVay. I'm like, it's an offensive league. They're going to win some games. They're going to be viable. Well, I didn't think the defense with all these kids – would be that good. Aaron Donald still double teamed. Uh, I didn't know Puka Nakua was going to become, you know, the greatest rookie receiver ever. No, nobody knew that. Right. Nobody knew that. But I watched them. I got to tell you something. If I was Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, would not want to play them in the playoffs. I'd have. I mean, I think offensively, they are scary. They are multiple. What do you see on film with the Rams? Hey, Kyle, tell me they're not fun to watch on offense. Oh, I mean, they are clever. fun to watch. I mean. Reduce splits, shifts, motions, stacks, bunches. They attack zone coverage about as well as you can attack it. They get people in voids. They, their orchestration of route concepts and combinations is just choreography. And Stafford is, you know, say what you want about Matthew Stafford. I mean, he can throw a football. It's easy. He can throw it from any angle. And, and he's obviously got juice in his arm still at his age. He must be 35, give or take, I would imagine. But he doesn't look any worse for wear right now. And he's another guy that has no problem turning it loose and making the tough, tight window throws that the NFL demands. Yeah. So they, they are a really difficult offense to defend, both from a tactical perspective and a talent perspective. Uh, and finally, I said yesterday, I know this was a shock to my audience, that I don't think Baker's mm -hmm. quite getting the, the respect he deserves this year. So he's going to get a second team and a kind of dysfunctional franchise to the playoffs, my guess. And I think Baker, if, if you told me today that Tampa made the playoffs and said, you know what, 
we're not going to give up a ton of draft capital to get a quarterback. We're going to go with Baker for three years. And my take was, I'd be comfortable with that. I would be. I mean, good God. Even the guys at the top of the league have issues. Burrow's hurt. Jalen's sure. regressed. Trevor Lawrence is reeling. I got no problem giving Baker a three- or four-year deal. I'm not going to give him a number four. He's not going to make $44 million, But I'm, I'm watching these games. You're seeing the tape. That's a franchise quarterback yeah. to me, isn't it? Well, you know, we're so used to seeing quarterbacks now because this is what the college game gives us, quarterbacks that can run around and make plays. And I think we lose sight of how difficult it is to snap after snap, drop back, read it out correctly, hit your back foot, be decisive, and throw the ball to the right receiver at the right time with the right kind of throw. We've kind of lost that that's what quarterback play is. And by the way, that's hard to do. And Baker has certainly been doing that over, what, the last five, six weeks? Yeah. And he's looked very comfortable, very easy. He's incredibly decisive. Um, And I think this probably leads into our play, which is a great example of that. It came at the end of the first half this past week, and it was a really important play. Obviously, they went up big on the Jaguars. But let's take a look at this touchdown pass to Mike Evans, Colin, because this this was a great example of what we're talking about. And, you know, again, it doesn't look like it's that hard when you see it. It looks like he dropped back, hit his back foot, and threw the ball. But here he is in the gun, okay? They're going to be in a two-by-two set. So they have two receivers, two split receivers on each side of the formation. Now, the coverage he's going to get here is cover three. You see a single high safety. Right. Now, what he wants to do here is he wants to hit Mike Evans, who's at the top of the screen. He wants to hit him on what we call a skinny post or a bang eight. Now, in order to make this throw, you have to make sure that you control that post safety. He can't fly over and interfere with this throw, but no route does that. So that means Baker has to do that with timing. And you can see right here, you want to maintain the distance between Evans and and the post safety, but also the timing. He's starting his delivery now, and, and that's critical. Look, Evans hasn't even come out of his break yet, and Baker's starting his delivery. That's hard. It doesn't look hard. You know, it looks more fun when you see quarterbacks run around. But when you see this, and I've been watching quarterbacks, as you know, Colin, for a long time and been taught by some really smart people, this is hard to do. And he's been doing this with consistency over the last number of weeks. Greg Cosell, 44 years, NFL Films. As always, Greg, appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's interesting. If you go back to what he said at the very beginning, it, it echoes what we did, is that Sean Payton spends 16 hours a game day diagramming plays. And if quarterbacks can't deliver on those and they're open, and you know it when you watch film flying home, you get that 22 film, the coach's film, and you know I designed it. I'm not seeing my beautiful family. I'm in an office designing it. They're open, and you can't deliver. That's why they're moving off Russ in Week 17. It's weird. I just listened to him with the Baker Mayfield thing, and the first thing I thought was, wait, (laughs) this late in the season, we're breaking down how awesome Baker Mayfield has been. Is this a time to sell the bucks at the top of the market? Remember a few weeks ago, it was Jordan Love. Everybody loved Jordan Love. What are the... Packers done since then, Colin. They're not covering a lot of spreads. Well, not winning a lot of games. No. Now, I will say this, though. I would argue Green Bay's defense today is the league's worst. It's bad. Bad. So it's it's not a Jordan Love issue. I mean, he's still, Greg likes him more. I still think he's erratic. 
But I will say this. Go back one year. Jordan Love and this offense is better than Aaron and this offense. And I think a lot of it is Aaron's personality is prickly. He viewed himself as above young receivers. If they made a mistake, they were paralyzed. And that's Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. That's Aaron's personality. He doesn't work well. You know, Aaron sort of, you make me look bad, I'm out on you. You, you can't be like that. Yeah. So with Jordan Love, he's growing with all these players. Aaron Rodgers was grown and didn't have time for the younger players' ascension. He wasn't interested. So Green Bay, I think the, the one thing I see is that when Jordan Love makes a mistake, go watch the body language. They're like, I'm good, my bad. Okay. Everybody's in this thing together in Green Bay, and it felt like last year Aaron was up here, the young receivers were down there, and if Christian Watson dropped a pass, he'd go to the right. sidelines, the game was in his head, Aaron looks at you, goes to his uniform, right. unhappy, and it affected negatively the offense. It grew a little in the second half, but it wasn't this fun. I, I just wonder... Who's a leader on that team right now? I've never seen a guy like Jair Alexander go out for a coin toss when you're not a captain, try to make the call like Colin. I wonder if there's some leadership questions in Green Bay. I know there's Packer fans hate to hear this. They love LaFleur. You like him a lot. I just, they don't seem buttoned up this year. Well, a lot are, of bad losses. Well, the defense stinks. Also, they're the youngest team in the league. Fair. So okay. we have to be, they're immature. Jair Alexander, that's an immature move. He's a veteran, man. He's been around the block. The guy's well, paid a lot of money. I, it, I just think I'm going to give them a pass on okay, some foolishness. Fair. It is the youngest roster in the league. Okay. And, and, you know, the wisdom of crowds, the book, when you put young people around other young people, stuff gets out of hand, uh, stuff you laugh at's not necessarily funny fair. on the team plane, in the coin toss. They just, they're a bunch of kids. And I don't think they're a, they're not a team that could win a playoff game. But let's remember this Packers conversation. I'll I'll end with this. Um, The best time to rebuild was last year. I'll just say that. I I would consider pressing the reboot button in Green Bay if I were were the Packers. I know they're not. What do you mean? What do you mean reboot button? Reboot what? The coach? Make a lot of changes. No, no. I don't know about coach, but I'm over Jordan Love. You can hit hit the market, buddy. Let's see what you got. I don't, I'm not in. You're not in. Wow. I know Cosell likes him, and there's been flashes. He was, in the, was with the organization for three years, man. Sitting on the bench for three years. That's the best you got? No thanks. Wow. Sorry. I, 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 I think I made a big mistake. I, li- I think he's erratic. He misses guys. He's a, but I think size, movement, um, arm, I, th- I think I – it's just he's erratic. There's a little – he's not Josh Allen. But there's a little bit like about twice a game you're like, dude, guy's wide open. You sail the ball over him. It wasn't close. Yeah. He misses open guys. We pound the table for guys. You're pounding the table for Jordan Love. I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not pounding the table. It's just I'm willing to say young teams make more mistakes. They're a flawed team. But I see stuff. I like their receivers. I like their tight ends a lot. They're all kids. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening.